Good morning, Glad Tidings. It's an honor for me to be here today to preach on Mother's Day weekend. Thank you, Eluth. I know that this is my church and I'm amongst family, but it's an incredible honor to be able to preach the Mother's Day message with you this morning. And before I start, I just want to say a shout out to all the young people and the youth church that are in our midst. Young people, where are you? It's so good to have young people in the seats in the congregation where we are. It's so good to have the family come together for a special weekend such as this. You know, in Malaysia, we just came out of the pandemic and we're in the endemic stage. But you know, the last two years has been incredibly difficult and challenging for so many. We've been in isolation, we've been in lockdown, with so much uncertainty, we didn't know what was going on. And I can safely say, many families would not have survived if not for mothers, am I right? We would not have survived the pandemic without our mothers. And moms, we survived the pandemic! We made it! We made it! You know, on t I don't think we have ever done so much laundry, cooking, cleaning, ever before in our lives than the last two years, isn't it? And on top of having responsibilities to look after the family, how many were, of you were tech support at home? When the internet drops, Mama, no internet! cannot go on school classes. How many of you are also school teachers during the pandemic? You have to help your children and guide them through their homework. You're the disciplined teacher. Make sure their video is on during classes. Am I right? And guess what? How many of you moms have a full-time job? Raise your hands. That's right. On top of looking after the family, you have deadlines to meet. And everyone knows that you can only go to do work when everyone is asleep. That's right. And that means you start work at 10 p.m. I know we just asked the moms to stand up and honor them just now, but can I just ask all the mothers to stand once again? I think the church needs to appreciate them and honor mothers. Can you just please stand? Thank you, moms. You are the heroes of our families. Thank you so much for all your sacrifice, your selfless love. You are an amazing example of love and resilience. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Oh, we are so blessed to have moms with us. In the beginning of this year, we started the Bible reading plan, and we started in the book of Genesis. And ever since I read this story in Genesis chapter 16, it has captured my heart and it has, it has stayed with me since. And I pray that as I share the message on the beautiful life of Hagar, that it will bless your heart today. If you have your Bible with you, can I just encourage you to turn to Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 to 13. Genesis chapter 16, 
verse 1 to 13. At a count of three, we're going to read this together, okay? One, two, three. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against, er against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. In just this one short chapter, we have learned the life story of Hagar. We have learned in the beginning that Hagar is an Egyptian slave. She had no voice and she had no choice in matter of her own body, of her future, to be the surrogate mother to this family. In this day and age, it would be so wrong, isn't it, to ask your maid to sleep with your husband to give you a child. So wrong in so many ways. But do you know back then, it was culturally acceptable. In fact, it was common for someone a family who has no children, as no heir, it was culturally acceptable to do something like that. The truth is, Hagar may have even considered it an honor to be working for Abram and Sarai. You see, Abram was a highly influential and wealthy person in the land because he is a God-honoring man. Because he honored God, because he honored Yahweh, God has blessed him with land and livestock. He is highly influential. Later on in the chapters, you will read when Sarah passed away, the kings of other lands told Abram 
You can choose the choicest tomb for your late wife and we will not deny you. That's the kind of connection, that's the kind of influence that Abraham had. Highly powerful, even in those days. And Sarai, Sarai wasn't just Abraham's wife. Sarai is one of the most beautiful women that's recorded in the history of the Bible. How do we know that? Because in two separate occasions, Abram had to lie that Sarai was his sister so that the kings wouldn't murder Abraham to have his wife. And true enough, the moment the kings set eyes on Sarai, they wanted her for himself. Can you imagine Sarai's beauty? She is immaculate. And now can you see that it may have been an honour for Hagar to work for this family who is powerful, influential, because she was just an Egyptian slave. She was born into a life of slavery. In fact, her name meant forsaken or a stranger. She is a nobody. She's unimportant. But it would have been an honour for her to have worked for this family. What more? She has been chosen to bear the child of this powerful family. And nobody has been chosen. They could have chosen any other servant, but they chose Hagar. And Hagar was the handmaiden of Sarai, a servant who looked up after this beautiful woman. But you see, as we read the story, there's a plot twist. The Bible tells us when Hagar found out that she was pregnant, that she despised Sarai, perhaps Hagar felt, because I am now carrying the firstborn child of this family, perhaps I can be given a little bit more consideration. Perhaps I've been, been given a little bit more status. Perhaps I expect to be treated a little better. The Bible tells us that Hagar's behavior was so difficult for Sarai that Sarai felt tortured by Hagar's behavior. And at the point of intense dispute and tension, Sarai brought Hagar before Abram, which is the head of the household. And Sarai said, we settle this matter now. You, as the head of his household, do something about this now. So Hagar was brought before Abram. And what Abram said that day, and what Sarai did that day, collapsed Hagar's world. She was crushed beyond words. In Genesis chapter 16, verse says, Abram said, your slave is in your hands. Do whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar and Hagar fled. The people she thought would protect her, would provide for her, who would affirm her, turned around, denied her, abandoned her, 
and rejected her. All she ever did was serve them faithfully in obedience, even to the point of agreeing to be the surrogate mother of this family. She looked to Abram and Sarai for her sense of self-worth, for her identity, for her future. She had anchored her life and future in Abram and Sarai. And that has left her broken and crushed. When we look to man to fulfill our sense of who we are and anchor our identity, our self-worth, our purpose on people, we will be disappointed because no one has it all together. No one has it all together. And that's why I love about the Bible. The Bible never hides from us the weaknesses of man, the flaws, the mistakes, and vulnerabilities of man. Even our faith heroes like Abraham, even like kings like David, even prophets like Jonah, God does not hide their flaws and their weaknesses from us. Why? Because no one has it all together. Not the influencer mom that we follow on social media. You know, the one that packs the very healthy lunch packs every day, the one that has smiley faces on their lunch boxes. Those influencer moms, they don't have it all together. You know, the, psychi the, the child psychologist that we follow on Facebook that gives awesome advice on parenting, they don't have it all together. No one has it all together. We cannot hinge our identity on our husband because they don't have it all together. Our life's purpose cannot be anchored in our children because they don't have it all together. Not even a pastor. Don't get me wrong, by all means, Honour them, respect them, love them, serve alongside them, appreciate them. But the place of singular reference points and the place of reverence in our hearts belongs to God and God alone. Our hope cannot be hinged on anchored in man. It belongs to God and God alone. God alone is our hope. Our hope is in God alone. The opinion and approval of man, the, sorry, the opinion and approval of God matters most before any man. Adam Grant, who is an organizational psychologist, says this, picking someone as your role model sets unrealistic expectations. Eventually, you learn that they don't belong on a pedestal. It's better to admire people for specific strengths. It reminds you that they have weaknesses too. Knowing they have vices put their virtues in reach. We can admire the strengths and qualities in people, and we can learn from them 
instead of elevating any man above anyone where they should be. Instead of having a mega mentor in your life, have mini mentors in your life, people that you have found to have qualities, giftings that you admire. If Pastor Roger and myself are going through marriage issues, there is a couple that I, can, I have in mind right now already that I can speak to. If I'm having financial issues, there's someone I know who is very competent and very wise, who can give me wise counsel in finances. That's someone else. If I am having issues with my, with my children and I need parenting advice, I have someone else that can speak into my life about parenting. Put no one above God. That place of honour and reverence in our heart, absolute adoration and worship belongs to God and God alone. Hagar had put her entire trust and hope in man and she was crushed and broken beyond words. Let's see what happened to Hagar next. She ran away from Abram and Sarai's home, feeling completely abandoned, betrayed, and rejected because the people she had hoped in had turned around, denied her, rejected her, and abandoned her. I believe that when she ran out to that desert that day, she knew that she could lose her life. She knew that there is a chance that she may even lose the life that is in her womb. That's how desperate she was, and that's how much pain she was going through, that she was willing to run away, even though she was most vulnerable, because she was pregnant. And we know this because the angel asked her two questions. Where have you come from, and where are you going? And she could only answer the first question, which was, I came from Sarai's home. They mistreated me, and that's why I fled. She couldn't answer the second question, where are you going? Because I genuinely believe she didn't know how tomorrow was going to look like. I genuinely believe she knew nothing of what the next day would be. She had no plans. She was so desperate and so broken that she just left that place. That's she was in a place of utmost pain, loneliness, and abandonment. But something amazing happened at that point. What happened was she met God in her wilderness. She met God in her wilderness. The Bible tells us that the Lord sent an angel to search for her and find her. And the angel of the Lord found her in the desert, in the wilderness. Hagar wasn't even a Jew. She wasn't an Israelite. She wasn't a Hebrew. This God that she knows, this Yahweh God, is the God of Abram and Sarai. She would have felt a complete outsider, an orphan. But Yahweh sent an angel to search for her and to find her. 
Can you imagine the grace and the love and the encounter that she had with God in the wilderness desert, in her place of utmost pain and brokenness? God searched for her and God found her in the wilderness desert. Nobody looks forward to that wilderness experience. Nobody is the place that you experience the utmost pain. But time and time and again in the Bible, we see that when the Bible characters experience God in the wilderness, it builds deep, deep wells of supernatural courage and strength for them to stay on course and finish and run their race well. We despise our wilderness experience, but it is in the wilderness that we encounter God. It is in the wilderness that God builds capacity for what we have ahead. Don't despise your wilderness experience because in your utmost pain and loneliness and brokenness, God sends an angel to search for you and to find you. God searches and finds you in your utmost pain. It's been recorded almost 300 times in the Bible. Different characters, Moses, Elijah, Joseph, they've all got their own encounters with God, their own wilderness experience. Have you encountered God? I am so certain that if I go aisle by aisle and I ask each and every one of you, every single one of you has got a story to tell of how God has been faithful. That you have a story to tell of how God has been good. You are here found in the house of the Lord because you have tasted and seen the goodness of God, amen? You are online tuning in because God has been faithful to you because you have encountered God in your own wilderness. God searches and finds you in your wilderness. In my own personal walk, in my own faith journey, many times I have questioned my call and I don't know if I could go on, but Time and time again, God has sent angels along my way to encourage me, to nudge me forward. It could be a completely random text from somebody with an encouraging word, the word that I needed to hear right at that exact moment, and it lifts my spirit. Or a, a completely unexpected blessing, of, or a token of blessing that I have told no one about randomly appears at my door. Literally, and that's the way God has told me, I am here for you, I am providing for you, I will not leave you, I will not abandon you, I have found you, I am here with you. In your wilderness and your utmost pain and brokenness, God searches for you and finds you. Amen? Amen. Mom, God meets you in the wilderness. Amen. Do you believe that? 
before Hagar was a handmaiden of Sarai, before she was an Egyptian slave, God sent an angel to search for her and find her because first and foremostly, she is the child of the Most High God. Moms who are sitting here today, who are tuning in online, I want to remind you that before you are a mother, before you are a wife, before you are a sister-in-law, before you're a daughter-in-law, before you are a friend, before you are anything, you are the child of the Most High God. And because that you are His child, you are chosen, you are favoured, you are blessed, you are empowered, you are forgiven, you are the daughter of a king. Moms, you are the child of the Most High God. And God will never leave you out to dry. In your wilderness, when you didn't think that you could survive, He will search for you and He will find you. Amen? Amen. The last portion of Hagar's story is this. Genesis 16 verse 9 says, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. What? Hagar just told the angel of the Lord, I just came from Sarai's home because they were mistreating me and that's why I ran away. And now the command of the angel is, not only go back to Sarai, but go back to Sarai and submit to her. Do you know what is more ridiculous and bizarre in that command? That Hagar chose to obey God. Why? What has changed? In fact, nothing has changed in the physical. Nothing has changed in Abram and Sarai's household. But something that they changed in the very core, in the very heart, in the very spirit of Hagar that changed her life forever. And that is found in verse 13. When Hagar calls out to God and says, God, you are El-Rohi. God, you are the God who sees me. You're the God who sees my misery. You're the God who sees my pain. You're the God who sees my brokenness, my loneliness, my unworthiness. God, you're the God who sees me. And what she said next, listen, this is what made all the difference. She said, I have now seen the one who sees me. I have now seen the one who sees me. Not only are you a God who sees my brokenness and my pain, but now I recognize this God who sees me. I see the one who sees me. Church, do you see God? Do you see God in your marriage? Do you see God in your children? Do you see God in your finances? Do you see God in your medical records? Do you see God in your hopeless situation? Do you see God? Because it is when you say, 
I have now seen the one who sees me, that will give you supernatural courage and strength to even go back to the place of your brokenness, to confront and face what you thought was impossible. Because when you see God, you can overcome because God sees you. He is El-Rohi, and you have seen God. Amen? I believe there are some of us here today with brokenness, even in our own homes, things you never shared with another person, and you have tried even to salvage things with your own efforts. And the more you try to fix things, the more broken things get, and the more it breaks you. And God wants to assure you today that you can trust Him, that you can turn to Him, and that you can depend on Him, that He will never leave you, and that He will never forsake you. He is El-Rohi, the God who sees you. And it is when you can say, I have now seen the one who sees me, it will give you strength and courage to go on in the race that God has marked for you, and you will run it well. You know, in the last two years has been incredibly difficult for many families and individuals, not just mothers. No one is exempt from what has happened in the last two years, even myself. In the last quarter of 2021, I was at a place of complete exhaustion and depleted of any strength. There were so many things that are going on in my heart that was unresolved. And having to look after the families, responsibilities and the children and ministry responsibilities, and it just broke me. I was on edge waiting to explode. One afternoon, we ordered roti chanai because that's my kids' favorite meal. And for lunchtime, we ordered in roti chanai. And my youngest five-year-old, she loves to help in the kitchen. Every time I cut something, I wash dishes, she always asks if she can come to help. And that day was no different. She came in and asked, Mama, can I help you? And I said, sure. And what she did was she was holding this huge, big pack of dal, and she was trying to unravel the rubber band that's on top. And while she was doing that, the whole big pack of dal slipped her hands and fell to the kitchen floor. And as you can imagine, dal was splattered all over my kitchen floor. There wasn't an inch that was not covered in dal. And at that point of time, it just switched to me. I just lost it. And I just screamed and screamed and screamed and screamed at my five-year-old. The thought of needing the extra energy and time and effort to clean the floor, it just pushed me over the edge and I just screamed and screamed at her. When I finally clear up the kitchen floor and calm myself down, 
Even when I think back about that day, it breaks my heart. I went to find my five-year-old. And I found her curled up in her bedroom with her favorite bolster, crying into the pillow. And I regretted that day so badly, I wish it didn't happen. I told her, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it wasn't your fault, it's Mama's fault. I should have been the one to help you. It's not your fault. I've never repeated that incident. And I have intentionally carved out time to affirm her, to shower affection to, with her, and to make sure that she knows that nothing is her fault. But every single time she made a mistake, she would shoot back with her eyes with absolute fright and fear. Every time she has a full spoon of mouth, a, a spoon full of food, and the food drops onto the table, she looks at me with absolute fright and fear and says, sorry in the most frightened way. Every time she spilled cereal on the table, she looks at me with fear. Have you ever felt your child look at you in absolute fear and fright? No matter what I did, I couldn't fix her. I couldn't fix her. And just a couple of weeks ago, God in His grace did something amazing. She was holding a huge cup of water, huge cup of water, and she was walking towards the dining table. And being like any five-year-old, she knocked the whole big cup of water over and it soaked her entire outfit and soaked even the dining table, uh, the, the dining chair fabric, completely soaked. And when she looked at me and our eyes locked, I felt God freeze frame that moment as I looked at my child. And I felt God drop into my heart and my spirit. Sarah, she is healed. She is well and she is fine. Sarah, she is healed. She is fine. She's good. And God just freeze frame and captured that moment. And when God dropped that in my spirit, I just felt overwhelming grace over my heart. And then my youngest child looked at me and says, Oopsie Mama, I'm sorry. In the most carefree and loving five-year-old way, and that's, that has healed my heart. God has healed my youngest, and God, in His grace, has healed my brokenness. I believe in the last two years, so many things has happened in our families. And I believe today that God wants to release healing over families. God wants to release His blessing and healing over families and generations today. You see, Abraham made a choice. Abraham made a choice. Through his faithless decision came generation of hurt through the line of Ishmael. Through Abraham's faithless decision 
came generations of hurt through the line of Ishmael. We talk about intergenerational hurt, intergenerational trauma, intergenerational pain so often, but what we don't talk about enough is that there is such thing as intergenerational healing, intergenerational hope, intergenerational faith, and intergenerational resilience. Amen? And as I was preparing for the message today, these two things came up, and there, that there is intergenerational hurt and intergenerational healing. Through Abraham's faith-filled decision came generations of healing that brought hope and, res and redemption through the line of Isaac. Through Abraham's faith-filled decision. Abraham's greatest expression of faith was that he would sacrifice his one and only long-awaited prophesied son at the altar. When God asked him to, he didn't question God at all because he completely trusts God. He had learned to rely on God. He had completely learned to depend on God wholeheartedly. And because of Abraham's faith-filled decision, we have seen generations of hope and healing in the line of Isaac, even to the birth of King David, even to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ himself, that is the redemption of all mankind because of Abraham's faith-filled decisions. And I believe today that God wants to release that healing that there will be generations and generations of love and hope and faith and healing over families today, amen? And we're gonna do something different today. I'm gonna invite three women up on stage with me. I want to invite Auntie Alice, Veron, and Naomi to come on stage with me. Thank you. And when I was preparing, God dropped this their names into my heart, and I've been asking them to pray, to pray and ask God to lead you to pray a prayer of blessing over the generations, because I believe God wants to release prayer and healing and blessing over the generations today. Amen? Amen. We have Auntie Alice, who is a beloved grandma, who is, has been a pillar of strength, um, not just for her own family, but for the community here in Glad Tidings, Auntie Alice, and we'll also have uh, Veron, who is next to, next to um, come this side, next to Auntie Alice, and we have Naomi. Veron is the mother of three, and Naomi is the young lady that, has, that comes after God's own heart. And I've asked them to pray and ask God to release the blessing over the generations today. Are you ready to receive God's anointing, His prayer, and blessing over the households today? Amen. And I'm going to do this today. It is a little bit different. Auntie Alice, who is a beloved grandma, she's going to be praying for all the mothers who are here today. 
It doesn't matter if you're a first-time mom, you're going to be a mom. But you're a mom and it doesn't matter if you're a toddler, you're young adults, you're grown children. Can I, moms, if you're here, can I just kindly request that you stand? And you stand where you are. We're going to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. And Auntie Alice will be praying for the generation that is represented by Veron. She's a mother of three and she's a mother who's gone through so much, like many of us. Auntie Alice will be praying for her and as you and as Auntie Alice stretches out her hand towards Veron, representing all the mothers, whether you're online or in person, can I just request that you just raise your hand and just receive this prayer of blessing today. Thank you, Auntie Alice. Just go ahead. Thank you. pursue righteousness and yes. unfailing love so they will find honor and prosperity. Amen. I pray God you release your blessing and favor to the next generation yes. of mothers to live a life of legacy for yes. God. The legacy of love, yes. forgiveness, humility, share and giving to be a good role models of passion for God. May your Holy Spirit with be with all mothers here today. Yes. Uh, I'm thankful for each mother yes. here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Auntie Alice. That was wonderful. Thank you. And now Veron will be praying for Naomi, who is representing all the children. Mothers, you can be seated. Children, if you are here today, can I just request for you to stand? You know, a mother's heart, we, we carry our children in our hearts day in and day out, don't we? We carry them in our hearts. Yes, of any age, children of any age, if you want to receive the blessing of God as a child, you stand. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter what age, you want to receive the blessing of, of God, you are of a mother, you stand where you are. That's right. Yeah, you just stand where you are. Thank you, Veron. Heavenly Father, before I even start, I want to stand here and ask for your forgiveness as a mother to our children. I ask for their forgiveness for the times where we have exasperated them, for the times that we have hurt them unknowingly, for the times that we have lashed out when we didn't have it all together. I pray, Heavenly Father, that Lord, you'll help them overcome, just like you have helped um, Pastor Sarah Jane's youngest to go overcome that hurt that we have inflicted upon them. It is never our intention to hurt our children, but it is our every intention to love them. But we cannot love them as you love us. And so Lord, I pray that every child will always experience 
the love of God. Have an encounter with you that will change their lives, that will transform their minds, Heavenly Father. And it is our greatest heart, heart's desire. In, in, in 3 John 1, 4, that our greatest joy is for them to know the truth. And that truth comes from you. So Lord, I pray a blessing over our children. That their walk will you, with you will yes. always be steadfast. Yes. Their walk with you will, will always be near your heart. And yes, they, their lives will always be within your embrace. Amen. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We receive that. We receive that. Amen. And now we're going to ask for the youngest of our generation to pray for all the grandmas who are here. Grandmothers, if you are here, can I just request that you stand? Where will we be without you? You're the one who led the way for us. Thank you. We want to honor you, grandmas. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. We love you, grandmas. Thank you. And so happened, this is Naomi's own grandmother, and I know that her prayer will be precious. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Dear Lord Father, we just want to uphold all the grandmothers to you right now, all the grandmothers in the, in the church of God, Lord yes. Jesus. I just want to uphold them to you. We want to thank you, God, for this generation of grandmothers. We yes. want to thank you, God, for them being so dependable, loving, yes. kind, faithful. I pray, yes. oh God, that you continue to bless them. Yes. I pray, oh God, as they grow older, as they grow wiser, I pray, oh God, that they stay strong, yes. they stay healthy, yes. stay beautiful. Amen. And I pray, oh God, that you heal any sickness, any yes. hurt, any pain in yes. their bodies, oh God. I pray, oh God, that they continue to live longer. Yes. And I pray that you give them understanding mm. and patience yes. as they see our generation grow, as they see our yes, generation Lord. evolve, oh God. I pray, oh God, that you also give them courage mm. and love to share their experience to share their past advice oh God mm. and I pray that you continue to use them as lights Amen. continue to use them as messages and then they know that they're never too old yes. they're never any age that doesn't matter they can still accomplish anything they yes. can still Amen. be uh, be used for you oh yes, God Lord. I pray oh God that you continue to bless this generation continue to bless them for many memories yes. and many many more happy memories to come oh God Amen. in Jesus name I pray Amen, Amen. thank you let's give God glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Let's give a hand to these women. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.